0: You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. This campaign season... Our leading political candidates have indicated that they want to make some game-changing investments in infrastructure. In a nation that seems deeply divided on so many fundamental issues, the need for large investments in infrastructure is seemingly the one place where we have a broad consensus. At Strong Towns, we understand that America's approach to growth and development is bankrupting our cities. And this begs the question, if we're committed to spending more money on infrastructure, how do we do that in a way that actually makes us better off? We've been chatting with people who are deeply involved in this issue across the country. And today I'm really excited and honored to welcome Kate Kraft. She is the executive director of an organization called America Walks. They are making America a great place to walk. You can find them at AmericaWalks.org. Catherine, Kate, welcome to the Strong Towns Podcast.
0: Thank you Chuck, and before we get started, I just want to say what fans we are of Strong Towns <laughs> and all of the work that you do. We represent over 700 different organizations that are working to create uh, walkable places and make it safe for pedestrians, and we find your material and information incredibly valuable in helping us make the case at the local level. So Given this opportunity, I just want to say thank you for doing it and keep doing it.
1: Well, that is very generous of you and and I I really do appreciate that. Before we get too deep into the weeds, tell us a little bit about America Walks. I think people would be interested to know what you what you all do.
0: Thanks, I'd be happy to. We were started in 1997 when six different groups or organizations came together that had been working at the local level to promote pedestrian issues, pedestrian safety, better sidewalks, and they felt like they were a bit in a vacuum. So they came together and said, how can we support each other to commiserate together and share successes together? And since that time, the the pedestrian movement has grown quite a bit. We have, as I mentioned earlier, over 700 different organizations that would identify as pedestrian advocacy or walking advocates or walking champions, and that's at the, the local, state, and regional level. Uh, we primarily provide information, resources, and education to local walking advocates, as well as we also work to cultivate more local walking advocate organizations. We have a pretty extensive online library set of tools, and we conduct what we call a walking college, which is an intensive online training for individuals that want to become leaders in the walking movement. In addition to that, we provide a voice for the collectives of the walking movement. So we listen to what we're hearing from communities and what are the emerging issues that they care about. And we try to represent that at the national level as an advocate and as a member of various national coalitions. The one sort of final thing we do, and it's in keeping with this providing a platform for walking advocates to come together, we conduct an every other year national walking summit, which is sort of a premier event that brings together walking advocates and champions with transportation planning, public health uh, design professionals, To really learn what the latest research is, learn what the latest technologies are, and to further refine our voice and kind of provide some leadership for where the walking movement is going. And hopefully I'll tell you more about that as we get talking.
1: That's beautiful. I want to ask you, we see candidates up and down the ballot, all sides of whatever political debate you're on advocating for more funding for infrastructure. I'm interested in just your gut reaction to the sense that we need what is being called a surge in infrastructure spending. How do you react to that notion?
0: Absolutely. We need a surge in infrastructure spending, but it needs to be the right infrastructure. We want a balanced transportation system that provides infrastructure for safe convenient and accessible mobility of all types so by all means let's pay attention to and invest more in our infrastructure let's just make sure that we're working for a balanced transportation system that puts people and access to jobs schools healthcare parks people in access at its center not just moving cars and freight if we
1: were going to do a large infrastructure bill at the federal level, a lot of federal money for infrastructure, what do you think the best way that that money would be distributed? How can you see that happening in the most productive way?
0: Well, I think that first we probably need to rethink what we're using as performance standards for uh, how the money gets I mean, first, I'd say we need to simplify the process and make it much easier for communities to be involved in the decision making, you know, so that we're sure we're responding to uh, the needs and desires of communities as one piece of, of that. And, you know, that can be done at the state level with listening. I think that we need to make sure that the performance measures that guide where the money goes or the, how the allocations are made really take into account this idea that we want to connect people and we want to create connected, active transportation or multimodal systems.
1: I think one of the things that I see people in your position have concerns with is that if the money just goes straight to the departments of transportation at the state level we get a lot of the same kind of stuff is that a i don't want to put words in your mouth but is that one of the concerns that you might have and if it is how would we move past that
0: uh, that that is the concern and i think part of the way of moving past it is by having requiring more community input and sort of context sensitive design and and really thinking about what the people that live there and will be using that system, how they prioritize the system. I also think there needs to be some sort of special allocations or increased priority for those investments that are going to address disparities and gaps in access so that we give some extra benefit to providing investment in places that we haven't been as invested in, so increasing the equity, if you will. We know that the transportation system responds to performance measures, and if we change what those performance measures are or what we hold them accountable for and we make that more about multimodal, active, connected transportation systems—a more balanced system, then we can push for a different allocation of resources.
1: If you look at the kind of projects that can be funded, are there certain types of projects that you would like to see get funding? And kind of as a corollary to that, are there certain types of projects that with a surge in infrastructure spending, you would say, this kind of thing should not be eligible for that?
0: I happen to be very excited about some of the work that Secretary Fox has done in his Every Place Counts and Ladders of Opportunity initiatives that really have focused on creating systems that provide access for individuals so that you have a multimodal system where people can actually get to jobs and places and trying to correct some of the past destruction when we put major highways through cities and through neighborhoods that disconnected them from each other. And with the Every Place Counts and Ladders of Opportunity, there's a lot of effort being done to reconnect those communities. And I'd like to see more of those projects, such as the Green Line Project in St. Paul, where they've added extra Transit stops on a new transit line and working with the Rondo neighborhood there in St. Paul to reconfigure the neighborhood and reconnect it by taking down a highway and really providing access points because at one point it had uh, the I 94 corridor came through there and split what had been a vibrant neighborhood in half and now trying to rebuild it. So those kinds of investments, I think, are to really use infrastructure and transportation to build community, to focus on people and giving them access, multiple types of access to jobs and opportunities. I think really more of that would be great.
1: One of the things that I... I've heard a lot of, and I'm going to give you both sides of this argument for people who really want walking, walking investments and more walking infrastructure. One argument goes, if we give the money directly to cities, they're the ones who, you know, know what these projects are. They're the ones who get the highest return on these investments. They're the ones in the best position to kind of do the fine grain nuance type of stuff that needs to happen to improve walking infrastructure. The counter argument I hear to that is if we don't have a kind of top down mandates, if we give the money directly to cities, they'll wind up spending it on the frontage road out on the end of town and, you know, trying to attract some new business and it won't go to the places where it really should. Do you have a, a strong opinion on that? Or is there a nuance there that's not captured in that kind of two sets of different viewpoints?
0: I do think there's probably a nuance that's not captured there in that whether you give it to a city or to a state, if the people whose lives are are going to be most impacted by the decision are not involved in the process, you can have cities make the same mistakes that states can make. So I think that The community engagement in making sure that the consumers, if you will, are equally involved in the planning process is important. And that also requires that we simplify some of these processes that have been in place to drive transportation spending and planning because in some cases, it's so complex and requires a PhD in engineering in order to participate. And as long as that's the case, we're not going to be able to really design for people because we can't listen to people. One of the
1: arguments that we make at Strong Towns all the time, as loudly as we can, <laughs> is that the the very small investments are the real high returning ones. The, the idea of how do we get people able to cross a street safely? How do we get people to walk two blocks to the store instead of driving out to the edge of town? When we look at the very small, fine grain kind of walking and biking investments, they're really, really high return. from a, From a financial standpoint, every dollar we spend, we're getting multiple dollars back. A lot of the infrastructure spending we do is under the guise of economic development. How much of a case can we make that these small walking and biking investments are truly where the economic development action is today?
0: We have research and we have examples that really show that over and over again. We know that a more walkable Main Street or downtown is a more economically thriving community we know that a more walkable community is one where the people are actually getting more physical activity and being healthier therefore less healthcare cost so we are continually building kind of that evidence for creating multi-use paths and trails and how they promote economic development and create a higher quality of life and well-being or livability for the people that that are there. That case is there, and in fact, the demand for that kind of infrastructure is increasing. We're finding in surveys that Safe Routes to School National Partnerships did. 80% of the people they surveyed wanted a more walk-friendly environment. We're hearing from the National Realtors Association that increasingly the the people coming to buy are looking for homes in walkable places. We're getting this tide that's turning a little bit saying, we want this, we're demanding it fortunately it's one of those things that as you said you you improve the sidewalk system you make sure you have good crosswalks that and plenty of them with you know short blocks you make sure you have destinations that people really want to go to and that are within a walking distance or a connected transit system where you can walk to a transit stop that will take you somewhere and then you can walk back. So that kind of transit-rich, walkable environment is what we're seeing people want and increasingly seeing evidence of that it's good for towns and it's good for the economy and good for the environment and good for our health. What would you say
1: to the local leader, either an elected official or, you know, someone who's a professional staff or or someone who's just wants to see their community become more walkable? What would you say to that person today, particularly if they're facing kind of the backlash from people who say, well, you know, that's Europe. America is a country of cars and we drive everywhere everywhere. What would you say to the, the advocate who wants to make their city a little more walkable?
0: What I would say one place to start that is not a costly thing to do from a financial point of view is to slow speed. Slower speeds will you know, make it more walkable. You won't have the kinds of injuries or deaths that you see. So we'd say definitely lower the speed limit as one way to start to signal that pedestrians have the same kind of experience, that they're, they're important, really. It's important. It's interesting because more and more elected officials are speaking out and they want the walkable downtowns and are putting together coalitions to make this happen, whether it is through developing a Vision Zero initiative within their town saying we want to stop injuring and killing pedestrians and we're going to do the safety things like making sure all of our crosswalks are, are adequate to get across, making sure that our, our sidewalks can support pedestrians, slowing the speed so that if you do get hit, you're not as likely to get hurt we're seeing more and more of that. There's a pretty big critical mass now of mayors of all town sizes that are are moving toward pushing for walkability and walking. So you're in good company.
1: Catherine Kraft, I just want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. You can find out more at americawalks.org. Catherine, I know you're going to be at the summit here in my home state of Minnesota next year. Can you chat just a little bit about that?
0: Yes, we are going to be in St. Paul in September 13th through the 15th, 2017 for our third National Walking Summit. It is the first time we've been outside of D.C. for the summit, and we are so excited because there's so many interesting livability projects going on in St Paul plus the transportation work that I mentioned earlier that we'll be able to learn from as we bring our walking advocates from across the country to St Paul so hopefully we'll see you there
1: I would love to be there and and let me just say as like to piggyback on that you know, when the, the Republican National Convention was held here in St. Paul, one of the laments was that a lot of people stayed in Minneapolis. And Minneapolis is a gorgeous city. There's a lot of great stuff there. And I can't blame people for wanting to be in Minneapolis. But I got to say, St. Paul is a beautiful place. Not only is it a great place to bike and walk, but um, there's a lot of great places to stay and eat and a lot of good entertainment. So you'll, you're going to love St. Paul. I, I think it's a great city.
0: Yes. Well, we're staying right downtown St. Paul. On the river, we expect to be able to see and enjoy the downtown quite a bit.
1: Well, I look forward to seeing you there if I don't get a chance to run into you sooner. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Chuck.
1: Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Take care.
0: We need your help. If you think the Strong Towns message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at StrongTowns.org. Drastic times require what?
1: Drastic measures yes! Who said that?
0: They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill. 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 That's a start. Mark this has been fascinating.
1: Who oh, made the city?
0: I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit Agenda 21. Yeah.